Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. The extraordinary rise in all commodity prices is a double-edged sword. It's great to see grain prices climb to heights not seen in a long time. But at the same time, fuel, especially gas prices, have rocketed in price. Closing or scaling back production in fertilizer plants is common across Europe, and physical supply issues continue to be a factor. Farmers are watching this closely, and many will be considering what crops to grow in 2021, or indeed what crops require the highest nitrogen requirement. Profitability of these high nitrogen requirement crops comes into question, but good planning at this stage of the year may be the best chance to arrive at the most profitable outcome for 2022. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran Collins and Shay Phelan, both crop specialists from Chagas. Gentlemen, you're very welcome to the podcast. Shay, I'll first come to you. Could you give us a view as regards the current state of play as regards price and supply of nitrogen at the moment? There's plenty of talk out there at the moment, and I suppose that's the key thing, it's talk. Um, we really don't know at this stage yet what's the substance of all this. I mean, as you said, gas supplies are, are quite tight. Um, again, listening to media over the last couple of weeks, there's talks about some, some of the gas being released from Russia, so maybe that might alleviate some of the problems. There are other issues as well that are, are, are affecting the, the price of, of fertilizer at the moment. I mean, potash being one of the big elements that we use um, every year. The EU currently have an embargo against Belarus, and Belarus is one of the biggest uh, exporters of potash um, into the European Union. So that's having an effect as well as the Chinese market, which is also having an effect as well. And again, China is a big user of potash and fertilizers and also an exporter as well. So there are issues over there as well. I suppose the big fear we have, Michael, at the moment is that we talk ourselves into a crisis. And this is a global issue, not just an Irish issue, but similar to what we've seen in, 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 in the UK with petrol, whereby we, we talk ourselves into a crisis and everybody kind of goes looking for looking for fertilizer um, on the one day and, and at, you know, at whatever price it is. I was reading a, an article just last week about um, the, a commentator saying, yes, there's plenty of fertilizer out there, but just at a price. So, I mean, there's an awful lot of speculation going on. I, I suppose the one thing, one thing that would concern me a little bit is that a lot of the factories should be making product at the moment and there's no talk uh, anywhere that they are actually manufacturing large supplies of fertilizer for the spring. So that would be a worry. Um, but um, we'll just have to wait and see where it goes. I suppose um, there's, there's little we can do about it. And I suppose um, talk is cheap at this stage. So we'll just have to see how it plays out in the spring. Okay, so, so you mentioned that that obviously nitrogen isn't really overly being made at the moment um, and, and there's issues around potash or K as well. In terms of P, is there, is there a shortage there? And, and, and maybe also then... Given that you say everything probably will be bought at a price, but God knows what price that will be, should people be even considering a P and K holiday at this stage? Yeah, it's it's, it's a very valid question, I suppose. Um, a lot of people are asking it at the moment. I would say the first thing that people should do is they should get an up-to-date soil test. And it's, I know it sounds um, very basic, but unless you know what your levels of P and K and your pH of your soils are, it could be, you know, false economy trying to take a P and K holiday. And don't forget, I suppose as well, that given the year we've had and the yields that we've had in 2021, um, there will have been quite a bit of P and K removed from the soils, albeit I know that some crops were chopped and the straw was chopped, so it would return uh, P and K to those soils. And perhaps in those situations, there, there's certainly maybe an option to reduce down your P and K um, 
uh, applications for 2022. But I suppose it's a bit general to say, yes, we can easily take a P&K holiday for, for the crops next year. It really is field specific, it's soil specific. I mean, there are crops or fields out there with high levels of uh, high pHs. And, and in those fields, you know, P and K can be locked up quite easy. So they do need a maintenance dressing uh, of, of compounds. So I suppose there's a lot of factors to consider, I suppose, in short, before people decide that, yeah, I can take a P and K holiday in 2022. It's not just the price of the fertilizer, it's all the other lying issues as well. Okay. And of course, Jay, we haven't really talked about the price of grain on the other side of it, which has gone up quite substantially as well, which is which is fantastic to see. And to a degree, I suppose, Karen, to bring you back into this here now, um, just in terms of that, you know, increase in price, which is brilliant, but that can collapse and that has happened before. And we probably should really be planning for the worst case scenario. That's not an easy thing to do, but it's often a very necessary thing to do. So with crops in, in the ground, Karen, at the moment, um, what sort of a plan should farmers be thinking about for those crops at this stage? Yeah, Michael, look, some crops are on the ground. We can't change that. Um, but the basics, as, 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 Shay, as Shay just said there, are, are crucial, like the soil test, you know, and actually acting on the soil test. If I've got an index four that does not need P or K, you know, um, correcting pH and opportunity to do that for, for, for spring crops. But I think every farm should have a nutrient management plan. That's the first step. You know, look at how many kilos of N, P and K I, I, I need to buy. And I suppose that's that's sort of the first step al- along the line. Secondly, for me, then, it's making the most efficient use of the nutrients then, that we have. Look, it's bringing in your organic manures where applicable. That can obviously give you give you good savings as well. But but even when it comes to spreading, and I suppose maybe it's a conversation for next spring, but like making the most efficient use of the nitrogen, for example, that we put on the crop. You know, instead of going out in winter barley there in February when growth is poor, you know, it's you know, optimizing nitrogen uptake, which is applying it close to growth, you know. Um, you know, the BER ratios, break even ratios come in there. And I suppose another thing as well that we just can't beat is farmer knowledge. There's no two fields in the country the same, you know, and the optimum level of nitrogen for the crop uh, can be different in, in, in two adjoining fields even. So it's kind of your local knowledge of the field. Some some fields of spring barley will give an optimum yield on 100 units, it could be 140 for another crop. So again, it's using your own knowledge of, of, the, of, of the crop really and then making the most out of the, the fertilizers that they apply then after that. And we might come back to that in terms of, of, of farmer records, but I suppose when we talk about farmers maybe putting together some um, budgets and maybe some some results, maybe from 2021, I was chatting to a farmer and he was telling me that he is worried about him facing a substantial tax bill because obviously this year was a pretty good year in terms of returns. And in and nor, ordinarily, that farmer was probably thinking about buying fertilizer to offset some of that. Do you think that it really is an option this year, given where we are and where fertilizer prices may land? Yeah, look, I, I, I suppose, look, it's, it's very difficult to predict where things will go. But the one thing that you do know is the day that you buy, maybe if you can get a forward price for grain, you know. And in my own opinion, if you can sell grain the day that you buy fertilizer, you can actually do your budget on the day. You know, you can sell a proportion of, 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 of your crop. 
and that does allow you to to budget, you know, and it certainly makes it a bit easier to 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 predict your your optimum nitrogen rates because you know what what value that grain will be on an average yield, you know, and you know the cost of that fertilizer. So I think if if, if farmers are forced to buy fertilizer beer, which they may do in the autumn, to you know, as you said, to offset maybe a tax liability or something like that. Well, maybe selling grain at that time might be a good idea, especially when, you know, there, there are good forward prices available at the moment. You know, I, I, I think that's one of the one of the crucial things for me. And I suppose the other thing is, you know, the cost of that finance, you know, um, farmers are going to be paying maybe two and a half, three times more for fertilizer on current prices. That may change. Hopefully it will. You know, so there's the cost of that finance. You know, if you're relying on a merchant to carry that all the way to harvest, I'm sure that they're, they're going to be looking at that much differently this year. You know, I don't think you can expect maybe the merchant to carry that. So, again, you need to be talking your, to your bank or certainly doing a cash flow budget, you know, just to line yourself up that you're not going to get caught short. Yeah, lots of lots of decisions to be made there. Kieran, you mentioned in passing there uh, the, the BER or break-even ratio. You might explain a little bit more about that and, and, and how it's calculated. The break-even ratio um, is the crop yield needed to pay for a kilo of nitrogen. So as we apply nitrogen to our crop, our yield goes up. But we do reach a point where the cost of that extra kilo of of nitrogen isn't being paid for. So um, if there are large changes to the ratio, we need to make adjustments to the recommendations. Um, Now, typically, I suppose in the past, break-even ratios would have been maybe two and a half, three, four to one. Now they're probably somewhere in the region of maybe uh, up to 10 to one. So, you know, if you look at prices for fertilizer that have been talked about at the moment uh, versus the price of grain at the moment, you know, for some high input crops, you could be talking about somewhere in the region of maybe 20 odd kilos per hectare of uh, reduction requirement there. But that will depend again on, the, the amount of nitrogen required for that crop, the price of grain and the price of fertiliser at the time. So, Sheikh, just going back to you for a second, um, looking towards the spring crops that are out there, what sort of areas should growers look at now uh, to try and ensure that they get the best from any of these expensive fertilisers they might purchase in the coming months? Yeah, I don't want to harp on about it, Michael, but again, as I said, the first point is a soil test, having a valid soil test. And I suppose while I'm, I'm on soils, and Kiara mentioned that there as well, correcting the pH if, if it needs to be corrected. Um, they're the first two things that will, will, will try and get the best out of the fertilizers that are there. Now, while I'm talking about soils as well, the other thing we have to be careful of is the condition of the soils when we're actually working them. Uh, and by that, I mean not compacting the soils and being careful that we don't compact soils, whether it be on the headlands or out in the field, and working soils when they're fit to be worked. And that way you would get the best opportunity to maximize your yield and maximize the effect that you're going to get from your fertilizers. If you have compacted soils, you're less likely to get a response from your fertilizers than if the soil is not compacted. So the condition of the soil in the first instance is very, very important for the best activity of the soil, of the fertilizers, as is temperature and things like that as well. So getting the most from the fertilizer is, is, is critical, or getting the best out of your soils is critical for getting the best from, from your fertilizers. The other things that guys should be looking at is how to, to limit or to reduce down their dependence uh, on, on fertilizers in the spring. And if we take it at the moment, um, there's all, quite a bit of oilseed rape got into the, into the ground, winter oilseed rape got into crops this back end. Many of those crops are actually in very good conditions. They're probably as advanced as they've ever been 
uh, at this time of the year. And please, God, that it get through the winter um, unscathed or relatively unscathed. And we know that when you have uh, big canopies of oil to drip, you have nitrogen actually stored in the crop. So if we can get crops through the winter with large canopies on them with GAIs of one and a half or more, there is a capacity there to cut back on the nitrogen requirement in those crops. So there's a, there's a definite saving that, that farmers can have in that they're just by having a good crop, keeping the pigeons out of it over the winter months, and then uh, using the GAI um, app on your phone to, to generate how much or to calculate how much nitrogen you need. And we've seen before in cases like this, Michael, where you know farmers have been able to grow grow um, oil to drape on not much more than 100, 100, 120 to 150 kilos of nitrogen a hectare, which is quite a significant saving to what you would need if the crop is, is grazed bare. And likewise, I'm hearing a lot of interest in the likes of protein crops, peas and beans. Um, again, they don't have a requirement for nitrogen. You only need P and K on those crops as well. So there is a capacity there to cut back substantially on the amount of fertilizer required on the farm uh, by, by growing crops like that. Um, the third option then is if, if farmers have access to organic manures. And I suppose this is becoming more into the focus given the price of fertilizers at the moment and all the other concerns that, that are out there in terms of stocking rates on, on, on different farms and that. So there is an opportunity there and we've seen a couple of cases of it this year, not only on spring crops where you can actually apply uh, slurries and farmyard manures onto uh, spring crops and then plow them in or, or cultivate them in, but also seen a couple of cases where guys are using them on winter crops as well with umbilical systems. So there is opportunities there if guys have capacity and uh, the, the know-how and the, and the um, and the way of applying organic manures onto crops in the spring, it certainly is an option to reduce down the fertilizer cost, the fertilizer burden on them. And, and speaking about the cost, Jay, would you have any idea in terms of, I suppose, euros in the pocket that's that, that, that saved in terms of um, using or utilizing organic manures really well and reducing that fertilizer bill? Yeah, so say, for example, we take, we're looking at spring barley crop, okay? So we're looking at, say, applying um, 3,000 gallons an acre of, of Cattle, sorry. Um, that's more or less the equivalent of three bags of 10, 5, 25 an acre. Okay. So if we take, say, just round figures for argument's sake, I'm not going to start getting into the exact prices of fertilizer. If we take a compound fertilizer, say something like 10, 5, 25, I'd say a round figure of 800 euros a ton. And we're talking about 375 kilos a hectare or three bags an acre in old money, if you like, going onto that crop to get it started. You're looking at each of those 50 kilo bags, if you can visualize those, being worth about 40 euros a bag. So if we're putting out three of those bags an acre, that's 120 euros uh, an acre or 300 euros a hectare in compound fertilizers that those organic manures can save. Now, there are also, there's also always the cost of applying them and transporting them, which also have to be taken into account. But again, like there's, they, are, they can save quite an amount of money uh, for, for a farmer in that situation. I suppose it's easy enough to, to, to do the maths on it and, and, and when you start rounding it up into maybe figures that um, kind of do become eye-watering. If you, if, 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 yeah, if like you if you go to 1,000 euros yeah. a tonne, for, for argument's sake, you look at 50, 50 euros a bag, which is 150 euros an acre if you're applying 3,000 gallons of slurry. So, you know, yeah, as you say, Michael, you can round those figures up to, to where people are, are talking at the moment, you know? In your, in your, in your example there, if you... If you round it up to a 50-acre field, as, as many people would be putting in, that's that's 6,000 euros of the saving. 
Um, obviously, you have to spread, spread it, but I mean, that's pretty high water and kind of sums now, if you know what I mean. It starts really start, 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 start to make sense. Yeah, and exactly. And I suppose one of the big concerns people have with uh, organic manures is the logistics of actually getting it done and the cost of getting them onto your farm. And I suppose that those costs that you're talking there, Michael, 50 acres costing you somewhere in the region of 6,000 euros, it starts to make the transport cost and the hiring in of the contractor to, to, to apply these uh, a bit more a bit more um, acceptable. Karen Shea mentioned a few solutions there earlier and he, he talked about rotations and what they might look like on a farm and with the aim of maybe reducing the overall dependency of nitrogen. How does that work out, do you think, on a farm and how much is, is, is it capable of reducing in an overall farm? I suppose it depends on the current rotation on the farm and, and, and what you're going to do. But I just did out a, a scenario that mightn't be untypical, say, of a, a 200 acre farm, say 80 hectares. And just this baseline scenario I was just looking at was, say, 56 hectares of spring barley, four hectares of beans, 20 hectares of, of winter barley. So of the spring barley, there's 56 hectares, you know, uh, four hectares to that would be in an index two, which is a reduced nitrogen from the beans the, the year before. So if we were to look at changing or maximizing the area of beans on the farm, so to go one in five, that would increase your area of beans up to 16 hectares. We can't do anything about the winter barley, that's in the ground at 20 hectares. So that would leave you with 40 four hectares of, of spring barley. So if you compare the two scenarios of four hectares of beans normally and increasing that, say maximizing it to 16 hectares, that would reduce the nitrogen requirement on that farm by approximately 14 and a half percent or nearly 2000 kgs of, of nitrogen or that's heading for seven uh, tons of 10 equivalent, you know. so. Like at 600 euros a ton, that's over 4,000 euro of a difference, you know. And obviously there's P&K, maybe possible savings there as well. And I suppose that's one way of going is in terms of utilizing a crop that produces its own nitrogen. But what about using that, you know, using less nitrogen, if you like, on the crops, as you mentioned in the BER? Is there an element of reducing or compromising yield and perhaps overall farm profitability then? Yeah, that's a very important point. Um, you know, I suppose every farmer want, wants to maximise yield. But again, like I said previously, I think it, it is really down to your previous farm history. High organic matter soils are going to give you a little bit more nitrogen back every year. So I think I think field history is there, is is one part of it. And then looking at the, the BER ratio there as well. And I suppose... In that example that I gave, you know, where you're looking at beans, and I suppose that's not a one-hit wonder, because if you're looking at that 16 hectares of beans, that 16 hectares of, say, spring or winter barley or whatever the succeeding crop is, that's dropping to index two again next year, which, you know, is, is, is a further saving in addition to, you know, the whole rotation and soil benefits and, you know, the yield enhancement that we all, that we often get from, you know, succeeding crops after the likes of beans, you know. Okay, so it might might increase the profitability, not just maybe in this year, but maybe in, in subsequent years as well. So, yeah, and and again, it's 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 like looking at your 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 profit monitor or your e crops or whatever way you do your crop budgets and margins, you know, and and you know it's it's where what crops are paying on my farm, and you know, if spring barley, if spring feed barley is a is a low margin crop replacing with something like beans would be a sensible approach. And you know, you, you took the words right out of my my mouth. That's kind of my next question in terms of farmers out there who are looking for a little bit of help. Are there any tools out there which can help a farmer? 
calculate these figures to, to you know to, to 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 drive along the road of making those decisions. Yeah, I suppose I've, I've almost answered my own question, but like you know, certainly you know crop records uh looking at the margins as i said from 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 previous crops you know i think that's that's the big one i mean there was i mentioned at the very start you know doing a nutrient management plan is essential but also doing a budget for next year's crops is essential as well because you know when you have to to fork out a lot more money on inputs fertilizer obviously being the key one but other inputs as well seed is more expensive diesel to put into the tractor is going to be more expensive you know so we have to watch all all of those things so you know doing a, a profit monitor i think is vital this year you know and um you know to see where you're going and and and, and to budget from there but not alone that there are other tools i think you should look at you know the likes of rotation calculator just to see you know as i said we don't look at one year in isolation we have to look over the duration of the of the rotation and then obviously as i said the likes of the break-even ratios you know the day you're buying fertilizer look at the the value of grain and maybe you can sell some of that that grain at, the, at at that same time as well michael you know i suppose on a positive point and all that um, i know farmers generally don't like doing um looking at last year's um uh, profitability if you like but i suppose they hopefully should have a smile on their face this year given the fact that with good yields and good prices so they should should have made good money this year for the most part kieran and jay thanks very much for your for your input we're, we're going to come back to this topic again it's 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 like a live hand grenade about to go off i think we don't know where it's it's going to land yet. Hopefully it won't be too bad, but we will be coming back to this again and hopefully you'll join me again. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Michael. No problem, Michael. So that's it for the Tillage Edge. And my thanks to Shay and Kieran for joining me on the podcast. Finally, don't forget, if you like the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.